0: The Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God
1: crusade.
0: Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing.
2: Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm here Pastor Billy Han, Jr. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We would like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8, and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on charter cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco. Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on Station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, in parts of Nevada and Wyoming, and from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at jesuscomingsoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for 100 years, and our prayer towel, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lakpam on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late Chief Pastor William M. Hans Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and be a real blessing to you our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those living in the hospitals and convents and homes. If you need need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Today, we are commemorating the 44th anniversary of our Kingdom of God crusade telecast, which airs on station KITV4 here in Honolulu, Hawaii, as well as the Western United States and New York. The program can also be viewed on the internet to reach souls throughout the world. Our first telecast was led by late Chief Pastor William Hans Sr., who shared the true way of salvation and preached the gospel that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. And today we continue to preach God's word and His gospel with the Scriptures John 3:5, Acts 2:38, and Acts 4:12 which reinforces God's way of salvation. All honor and praise goes to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for making the way possible for the ministry to be able to touch the hearts of every man, woman, and child, all over the world. And a big mahalo to the staff at KITV4 for their wonderful support all these years. May the good Lord continue to bless you and keep you all. To start off this first Sunday of 2024, The church choir under the direction of Emilia Hall will sing the majestic and inspiring song, The Lord is my light. It is comforting to know that our Lord is a guiding light through our storms of life. He is there to shine His heavenly beams, all sunshine to show us a path to salvation. And is our ever-present help and strength to keep us on the straight and narrow path that will lead us to everlasting peace, joy, and happiness. Please follow along and sing with the choir as you see the words appear on your screen. The church band under my direction will play the song, Jesus is Calling. Yes, for the Lord is calling and knocking at the door of your hearts. Won't you answer His call and accept Him as your personal Savior, Master, and Lord? For today is a day of salvation if you will but hear His voice. The associate Pastor Evans Sr. will sing the song Jesus is Real to Me. We take the name of Jesus wherever we go, for it is a shield against the spiritual wickedness of the world today. The Lord makes Himself real to us as we continue our blessed walk with Him, for He is our helper, faithful companion, and true and faithful friend that will be with us to the very end. <laughs>
0: Though life-changing values may vanish away and things that were real become dreams. How blessed to walk with the Lord day by day. And oh, He is real as He sees. Jesus is real Yes, Jesus is real to me. I never will doubt him nor journey without him, for he is so real to me. I never have seen him with these eyes of mine. But though he be hid from my side, I know he is with me in spirit divine. I live in the strength of his mind. My Savior and leader, each moment is he my helper in all that i do companionship with him is blessed to me his friendship is faithful and true jesus is real to me yes jesus is real to me i never will doubt him nor journey without him for he is so real to me my reason the unseen can never discern nor fully explain the unknown The truths of the Spirit I learn When His Spirit speaks to my own Jesus is real to me Yes, Jesus is real to me I never will doubt Him No journey without Him, for He is so real to me.
2: The church choir will now sing the mighty and powerful rendition of Handel's Messiah, the Hallelujah Chorus. We lift up our hands and sing Hallelujah to the Lord of Glory. Rejoice and give him all the joy, thanksgiving, and praises due unto his holy name. For he is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and shall reign forevermore. Shaw will now play a selection entitled, Everlasting Life is Free. Our Lord and Savior, made the supreme sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, dying for the sins of this world so that we may all have the promise of everlasting life. The salvation of souls is an individual matter and is free for the taking. All the Lord requires is a willing and obedient heart who will take heed to the gospel of the kingdom of God. selection will be sally sharice and alicia spodgaff to sing the heartwarming song i love you lord our prayers a sweet sound to the lord as you commit all things to the lord in prayer he will surely make a way and answer for prayer is the strength of the gospel and the strength of our families it is prayer that moves a mighty hand of god which moves the whole wide world at this time it gives me great pleasure to dedicate this beautiful number to a dear couple in the Christ, who is none other than Jose and Yukiko Jandok. May the Lord continue to strengthen and keep you safe in the heart of his sweet hands. And pour forth his bountiful blessings upon you both. Have a wonderful Sunday and a happy and blessed New Year.
3: Happy New Year's Eve, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KQTA-TV Channel 15.3 and Comcast Channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KECY Channel 9 in Los Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KLSR-TV Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming, from 6 to 7 a.m. on time 1 channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about a gospel work and view Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on jesuscomingsoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state Hawaii, services held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m at Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue. Gospel services held on Wednesday evenings only at 7 p.m. The same schedule Is observed by Neighbor Island Branch Churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Casinero Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter Aitin Loi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Lena K. Waiasano Sr. in Kaloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hedibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Kotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month
2: My sermon entitled, There Will Be Some Changes Made, was prepared especially for you in hopes that it will motivate you to become partakers in Christ Jesus. The Lord's path is always a straight and narrow. And for many, it can appear to be a difficult and constant uphill climb. But take it on good authority that the easy downhill path will lead you directly into condemnation It certainly will be an irreversible and distressful fate for anyone to hear the Lord say at His judgment, I know you not. Don't enter into my rest. Therefore, may today's sermon encourage you to take matters into your own hands if you haven't already done so and work on your salvation immediately. Posted in large letters on a poster in the hallway of a building at the Honolulu International Airport were these words, change in progress. Now I had a considerable disagreement with the young man who put up the poster. I certainly didn't agree with it. I was thought of progress as improvement. Therefore, all change is not improvement. But you'll find many people fight change no matter what their view. Things are fine as they are. We have been following those procedures for the last 50 years. Therefore, why change now? In the future, it is quite likely there will be some changes in our church. Who is behind these changes? Why, the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. Some of these changes will be understood and accepted, while others will not. It is often difficult to know just who is right when considering changes. It is a challenge for us to decide whether or not to support or fight such things as advantages and disadvantages. Some are of the opinion that if it was not good enough for Paul, Silas, and the apostles, it's not good enough for them. Change has always been difficult, but of all time, it was Jesus who was the greatest agent of change. We marvel at some of Jesus' teachings. For example, Jesus said that one race of people was as good as another. We are true born-again Christians today because Jesus extended the teachings of God to the Gentiles. You see, Jesus doesn't look at the color of a person. He looks at the heart. Peter opened his mouth while preaching to the Gentiles in the house of Cornelius. reading in Acts 10, 34-35. Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It was Jesus who was willing to sit with sinners. If I, as your pastor, were to be seen in a bar testifying to someone about his soul or visiting a lady of questionable character, tongues would soon be gossiping. Jesus, however, was a friend of sinners. One day as he was preaching by the seaside, all the multitude came to him and he taught them, as you read in Mark 2, 14 to 17. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom. And said unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they were followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The Pharisees thought that they were righteous and were not sick with sin. Thus, the Lord had no message of salvation for them. It was Jesus who had the nerve to say that a neighbor did not always mean someone who lived next door, a lawyer willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, "And who is my neighbor?" Jesus answered him with the parable of the good Samaritan, reading Luke ten thirty to thirty six. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And isn't it ironic that many false shepherds today are passing on the other side instead of helping the home, helpless? And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by the other side. Just imagine, the Levites were set apart for the service of God and to serve the people. But like the priests, they passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And the lawyer replied, He that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, Go, and do thou likewise. In this parable, we see that the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. The real Samaritan in this case was Jesus himself, who went about doing good, healing, preaching the gospel to the poor, offering deliverance to the captives giving sight to the blind, setting at liberty those who were bruised, and comforting the brokenhearted. Not satisfied, the scribes still questioned Jesus about the greatest commandment, and asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered them as you read in Mark 12, verses 29 to 31. The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely, this Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Again emerges the question Who is thy neighbor? And if you didn't know already, viewers, your neighbor is your family, your kinfolk, and all the people of the world. However, your first love must be Jesus. Put Jesus first in your lives. Secondly, comes your loved ones, relatives, neighbors. Thus, we find that the Lord Jesus passed over the external things. Some of the law is to love God and to love others. Outward ceremonies and observances are useless if the heart is not right with God. When Jesus preached and thought, he upset the apple of the priests, Pharisees and Sadducees. He disagreed with the legal system of his day and what was worse, he said that the priests weren't really worth very much. Jesus spoke to the multitudes and the disciples in Matthew 23, two four. We read the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat all therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works. For they say and do not, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves would not move them with one of their fingers. Jesus went on and said that they love their uppermost rooms at peace. The chief seats in the synagogues, greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. Jesus spoke on as you read in the eighth and ninth verses, But be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Jesus pronounced nothing but woes upon the scribes and Pharisees, as you read the thirteenth and to the fifteenth verses. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven and against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. You can see, viewers, that Jesus didn't hold back on anything. He changed the concept of what it was to be a leader. A certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee with thou goest. And Jesus responded to him, as we find in Luke 9, 58. Foxes have hoes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. The Lord Jesus had no home of his own. Sometimes he stayed with friends. Other times, he slept by the sea or in the mountains. He wanted man to know that these, those who follow him, must be willing to suffer hardships in this world. Hardly the image of what the head of a large and worthwhile organization of that day, or this, could expect. And consider what another man had to say to him as he reading the 59 to 68 verses, Lord, Suffer me first to go bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another, he said in the 61st and 62nd verses, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home and at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. A good plowman keeps his eyes straight ahead. On the furrow, for he, if he turns said, that furrow will be crooked. That was a change from the normal. That is a change from the normal. One of the greatest changes occurred when Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. As we read in Mark 1, 14 to 15. Now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. If one has not already done so, it is of the utmost importance for that individual to concede to Jesus in full repentance. True repentance is to profess godly sorrowful sins committed. However, repentance is only the initial step towards full salvation. One must go beyond that and be baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus. Yes, fears, if you have been baptized the Lord's way, you do not have to be re-baptized. Oh, you exclaim, I did not realize there was such thing as the Lord's way in baptism and in the salvation of my soul. Let me assure you there certainly is, and one of my purposes here and now is to ensure that you are apprised of it. There was a certain Jew named Apollos who fervently edified the Lord, but there was some critical flaw in his preaching. However, in Apollo's favor, we must concede that he was unaware of that flaw. Reading read in Acts 18, 25 to 26, this man, Apollos, was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom Aquila and Priscilla had heard. They took him unto them, him unto them, and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Apollos was still exhorting John's baptism unenlightened of both the baptism in the name of Jesus and the gift of the Holy Ghost. However, because Priscilla and Aquila had accompanied Paul extensively, these two knowledgeable companions set Apollos on the right path. From that day forward, Apollos preached the gospel in its fullness, informing those he encountered on all that had transpired. Reading Acts 18, 27-28, and when he, that is Apollos, was disposed to pass Achaia, the burden wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much, which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews and the publicly, showing them by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Paul himself said things in order, too, as he traveled about preaching the gospel. Reading Acts 19, verses 1 through 6. And it came to pass that while Paul was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since he believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were he baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Thus we conclude there certainly is such a thing as the Lord's way, or the only correct way in salvation. Today, we are fortunate to have the Bible scriptures confirm this. In John 3, 5 are the very words of Jesus himself, Jesus answered very, very, I say thee, except a the man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Another person in scripture is Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This significant scripture focuses on the entire cycle of salvation, repentance, baptism, the remission of sins, and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Furthermore, Acts 4.12 distinctly declares, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Why is the name of Jesus so important? Philippians 2.9-11 tells us, Wherefore God also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. The bowing of every knee has not yet come to pass, but it surely will happen when Jesus comes again to rule and reign on this earth. In Luke 6, 20 to 23, we find that it was Jesus who changed the philosophical sayings of the day. An example which follows, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep, for ye shall laugh. Blessed are ye women shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you and cast your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. Blessed means happy. Observe that those who are said to be happy are in that state, not because of anything which they did, but because of what they were. He also said in 25, 26 verses, Woe unto you that are full, for you shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you. For so did their fathers to the false prophets." Jesus continued on and said, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate and persecute you. Bless those who curse you. Offer their cheek to him who strikes you. It was this king, Jesus, who who bore, not the crown, nor bore the scepter of the kings of his day, but instead was fitted with thorns for a crown and a bruised reed for a scepter. His throne was a cruel cross. Yes, he changed the idea of what a real king was. Reading John 19, 17 to 21, And he, bearing his cross, went forth to a place called the place of a skull, which is in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two other with him on either side, one and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. This side then read many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. And it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priest of the Jews to Pilate, right not the king of the Jews, but he said, I am the king of the Jews. Yes, someday soon he will return as king of kings and lords of lords, hallelujah. This Jesus became the leader of a new movement which would sweep the world. He did not just uh, become just another rabbi or even a rabbi, I mean a master teacher, but rather became the leader of the common people of his day. The word common meant to be shared with every believer in Christ Jesus. Read in Jude verse 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. To contend does not mean to be contentious or to argue. It does mean to stand for the faith at all costs. Jesus was a ruler who led his people by giving them examples, one of which was washing their feet. After the Last Supper, Jesus rose up, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. Reading John 13, 5, And after that he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. I would like to make it plain and clear that Jesus did this act to set an example. It is not an ordinance of the church. There are only two ordinances of the church, one, baptism, and two, partaking of the Lord's Supper. We don't wash one another's feet. He was baptized by John the Baptist, though John thought the Son of God should baptize him. Read Matthew 3, 15 to 17, and Jesus answering said unto him that is John suffered to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, "'This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased.'" And anyone who obeys the commandments of God and gets baptized the correct way will hear that same voice from heaven. Now the baptism of John was for those who repented of their sins. Why then should our Lord Jesus, who was without sin, submit to John's baptism? The reason was that at the outset of his ministry, Jesus was a symbol of that, which he had come to earth to do, to take the sinner's place in death. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Yes, Jesus was first and foremost an agent of change, not the kind of change involved in building great empires, but the kind of change involved in building great lives. Lives that have been truly changed to give glory to God and His Son, Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us all examine our lives today. Have our lives truly changed? Let us put a mark of patience. In this progressive world, we certainly do need patience since we are going at such a rapid rate through life. Now, what is patience? The word means willing to suffer. It means self-control. It means the ability to wait and not to rush into things. We need patience today in the home, in business, in school, and in the church. The motto today is hurry up and wait. Do you have a thorn in the flesh? Do you have a cross to bear? Then ask God to do what is best about it. He may not remove the thorn, He may not take away the cross, but He will help you by giving you grace. Paul had a thorn in the flesh, he prayed earnestly three times for God to remove the thorn, but God said unto him, I will not remove the thorn, but I will give you grace sufficient to bear it. Then said Peter Paul in 2 Corinthians twelve nine, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In college, someone told a professor that he believed that man had a soul. Since one could not nor hear, see, nor hear, nor smell, nor touch, nor taste it, the professor wisely answered, did he see pain? Did you ever hear it? Did you ever smell it? Yet we know that there is such a thing as pain. <laughs> if you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at jesuscomingsroom.org. Until our next telecast this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., Expressing my sincere appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes, may the good Lord bless and keep you all in the Hall of His Hands. The church band will end the program with the uplifting song titled "Victory All the Time." <laughs>
1: program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.